guys do our San Diego game last year? Joe, I can't remember where I worked last week. They're going to go for it here on fourth and one. A lot of words, a lot of words. No snap, no play, nothing, right? Hard count for him off sides. Welcome to the Hard Count NFL podcast from Fox Sports Australia. I am Laurie Horish and I am joined by Melanie Danyashki. What up? And Patrick Stack. Hello, Lawrence. What a dramatic, beautiful, amazing points-filled week of football we had. Points-filled week, was yes. You'd hope for that. Glorious. It? it was. I think after kind of a fortnight down, there was plenty of drama. Hearts were on the line. Love was on the line. Love was on the line indeed. We're going to get to that pretty damn soon. And, yeah. you know, there's plenty of energy in here. Stacky's ready, uh, you know, he's casually dressed in the... Oh, wow. The oh, World Wildlife Fund. Did oh, someone was on... World Wrestling Nah, the WWF, wrong I one. I thought that Panda was the latest recruit for the, uh, for the wrestling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus, are you serious? I've been chipping into the greens this whole time, just yeah. promoting them? Yeah, you know when they ask you for your address and your credit card details? Yeah, that yeah. wasn't... So somewhere I'm funding that. a Panda. Absolutely, you are not getting Goldberg versus Panda at uh, Royal Rumble. Do you know what you are getting? What's that? Some, some hot takes on NFL. Where else to start? But stack ball one, stack ball one, Kansas City versus Atlanta, <laughs> a tense, tight affair between two playoff contenders, one from the NFC, one from the AFC. And this one came down to the end, didn't it, Patrick oh. Stack? Your heart was on the line last. Well, let's just lay it out, shall yeah, we? Yeah. The Atlanta Falcons, apparently, were going to have your your affection they for were sweeping your way forever they, they if they beat Kansas heart. City. Yeah, and I just was I was just done with Kansas. They couldn't ever do anything ex- as exciting as Atlanta. It was, you know, the sexy new mistress who mm. was just shaking things up and showing me positions I don't even know about. Wow. And ah, um, they were He's talking about know? formations here, yeah, guys. Scheme exactly. fronts. Mind yeah. and Went to a 4-3 instead of a 3-4. Kansas just Stop it. Alex Smith hadn't thrown, I think he'd thrown 22 times over 20 yards the whole season <laughs> coming into this game. And he got funky. Travis Kelsey. Reed doing Ooh. wacky things. You know, doing Gambling like, on fourth down. Yeah, the fake, fake punts. punts. Alberto Wilson. Love a fake punt. Didn't even know that they, you know, Kansas City knew those sorts of things existed. It was just brilliant. <laughs> it, and our mate Eric Berry going to pick eight in total. And yeah. here's how that went down. Now Ryan will throw. It's intercepted. This can be returned for two. This can be points for Kansas City. It would get Kansas City the lead. It's Eric Berry. 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. It is a two-point conversion the other way for Kansas City. Eric Berry, who went through cancer treatments not far from here at Emory University, just picked off the Matt Ryan pass. Uh, well, like, there's a lot to take out of that. You got the fact that uh, Atlanta had the lead, had driven down they- <laughs> to take the lead, take a one point lead yep. with the conversion to come. Yep. They went for the two points. Why? Because we want a field goal lead. Yep. That almost made me fall in love with them more. Had because <laughs> they're going for the two. And and Matt Ryan passes out to the left. He gave it he's so much him- air, <laughs> so much air to one of the best uh, defensive like. Uh, Safeties that you have in the league. Oh, yeah, isn't he no having doubt. this season? No, they're opportunistic. No chumps in no, the air. They, they can go after that ball in the air. And Stacky. Who's is, having a better defensive season from that division? Out of Khalil Mack, Eric Berry, and Von Miller. The star talent on offer in the AFC West is just phenomenal. If you like rushing the passer, two of the guys Stacky mentioned, mm-hmm. Justin Houston, throw that. That's like, I think I threw it out on Twitter. It's like watching Jordan... Uh, Larry and Magic right now just <laughs> hammering quarterbacks. It's fantastic to see. But, you know, Matt Ryan had, you know, Julio Jones was down hurt. 
Uh, he'd driven up Sanu field. got cooked as well. Sanu was banged yeah. up. He gets the go-ahead touchdown, and then it all just turns around. And, you know, Kansas City, Staggy, you mentioned, you know, things were a bit stale. You know, the new mistress came along. Was this kind of like... This was the girl you fell in love with. Did, did they turn up? This they, is high school sweetheart sort of they stuff. They showed you then, that spark and glint you know, in she, the eye. She, she goes away to New York, comes back a different sort of woman, all kinds of sophistication. Maybe into Lena Dunham. Oh, let's not get crazy. <laughs> That's not you know, of... Travis Kelsey's got the, the, the airing of his um, reality show that we've chronicled, mm. our Mel has chronicled especially, out of the way, and he, he bursts out with a 140-yard game. Where has that been? Where's your heart now? Well, I've got to be with Kansas. Oh, it's I a, call a it the faithful man. Yeah. Uh, you love that in this day and good. age. And it's got extra special too because Eric Berry, of course, that was his, yeah. uh, his first uh, time back home in Georgia during the season since chemotherapy. Treatment. Yeah. What a course, story! Like yeah. the guy has overcome cancer, and he's and he gave the game ball after he scored that, but, um, and he gave that to his mum. But what do you get? Oh, thanks, mum. But what? Yeah. You, it was a match ball. He also sweet. had a pick six it to in that doctor? game as well. Jeez, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Stacky. Uh, well, the, you know, mum. I'm sure she was there making cups of tea, but Doc got it done. I mean, this is like another debate, isn't it? <laughs> Who who do you owe the game ball to most? Is it your mum? Is it the doctor? It's the doctor. Is it the coach? Um, Andy you know, Reid definitely does not deserve any game balls. None for the Walrus. Okay. Yeah. But and that wasn't his only pick of the game. He also had a pick six that he you know picked off uh, Matt Ryan another time and and took that to the house. Made moves on defenders. Busted through tackles. So. Kansas City people were ready to to point to an incoming slide a couple of weeks ago and. It doesn't look that way right now. They're going to angle themselves with what's going on in New England. You know, they're going to make a huge game next week against Oakland. Oh, isn't that juicy? You got talking about week one buys on the line there. Mm. AFC West crowns. Going into last week, they were bottom four defense. Oakland. I don't know how the permeations of what happened over the weekend. Well, Kansas City's got to be brimming with confidence right now after after putting on you know. 29 points is uh, you know nothing to shrug at. Absolutely. Before we move on though, just the other side of this game. Atlanta, uh, the whole of Desmond Trufant at quarterback, that was certainly there. Left tackle Jake Matthews now in doubt going forward with a knee sprain. That hurts big time. And turf toe injury for Julio. Julio, how, I mean Julio. Not, you're not Julio. Mm. Lawrence, mm. Uh, how would we... Uh, <laughs> He's the Julio Jones of this podcast. <laughs> for, for those, Double coverage and he always comes up with the goods. <laughs> oh, dear. Look, for those uh, listening, um, what is turf toe? Uh, Can turf we be toe, more specific for uh, quite, you know the layman? Quite common in the AFL as well. For Ruckman, have this very frequently. Yeah, Ryan Sandilands has battled with it. I like, believe it's to do with ligaments, Julio, um, joints in the toe. I'm not a doctor, um, but it's nasty and it's a type I'm of just Swiss. it's type of it's a type of injury that kind of hangs around. It affects your ability to plant. Yeah, and when you can't plant, you can't explode. Yeah. And if there's one thing that describes Julio Jones, it's explosive. So mm-hmm. something's hindering that as we get into the nitty-gritty business end of the season. Yeah. That's big news. Yeah, look, the stack ball, I really enjoyed it. I think yeah. uh, they've saved your love. Moving on, though, Seattle absolutely thumping Carolina. Ooh, Carolina my. looked like rubbish. Thomas Rawls, though, for the Seahawks, Ooh. Ooh, 106 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, really, really looking good. And Beast Mode on the bench as well to, to watch it all unfold. Gotta love seeing the air, too. Your mate, Beast Mode. <laughs> we tight. Uh, good to see. He's got to love seeing kind of yeah the heir apparent to that run, ground uh-huh. game. Really um, looking fully healthy again after some of the troubles he had at the end of last season and getting going this season. But mm. he's a bowling ball. He's painful to deal with. And as it gets colder uh, and it get, the contact becomes nastier, he's the type of running back no one wants to tackle. But the weird start to that game, of course, was Cam Newton not starting. 
Um, Derek Anderson thrown on through an interception with his uh, with the with first his, play. With Always the first good. Play. Was that the yeah. one though that bounced off the receiver's shoulder? Yeah, that Tolbert, was the receiver's fault. Tolbert didn't corral it, uh, but it just he threw it vulture. right to him. He should have caught that. That was not the quarterback's fault. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. It happened. Pat. I'm sure the statement Ron Rivera was really looking for there, uh, dealing with Cam Newton, was to give himself a three point hole. Well, on let's the road talk about why Cam was out. Let's let's talk. So he didn't about wear that. a tie. Yeah. That's, been, what, that's what's been reported. I don't think anybody can... Pre-game. You, you can accuse Cam Newton of many fashion crimes so far this season, but being underdressed, being underdressed is not one of them. He didn't wear a tie one game. I would have to imagine this has kind of been an accumulation of things to, to merit, you know, even if it is just a series, benching your star quarterback, the reigning MVP of the league, <laughs> for missing a tie. Yeah. Uh, the, the undercurrent of this is he thinks he's bigger than the team. I'm sure that's what we're going to see, isn't it? I mean, that's a narrative to take out of it. Has that? I yeah. mean, there's been a stink around this team all season, but and there's certainly been frustration in Cam's attitude since the Super Bowl hangover, which we've touched on. He denied that after the game. He said, look, I think that this is just a reminder that uh, we are a team and there are rules to follow. Like Cam took yeah, it in his stride. I think he took in it well. what you said uh, off-air oh. off previous to our Could recording, I just take some time you liked out. the outfit that Cam oh. was rocking. Post I mean, we don't game. know if that was pre-game or post-game. There was just no post tie, game, but, but there was he no looked tie. sharp AF. Oh, wow. He looked like something from like the Dangerous Eight or that Quentin Tarantino movie. It was movie. very Shaft-like. Oh, or Westworld, it? like that black hat. Oh. And the, like, it's not many people who can run a, uh, a turtleneck yep. and then a, like a cashmere sort of coat over know, the did top. Did you see Laurie at the Christmas party? He was rocking a turtleneck. Yeah, as I, I, as I say, not many not people can run <laughs> a turtleneck. <laughs> and, oh, wow. and he had this cute little like red badge going on. He looks sharp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do we make of that? I think that he will just take that in his stride and yeah. move on. I don't know if Ron Rivera really has that much chance for either. He's the coach. He calls the shots. And um, these things happen when teams are losing, And we're going to get the, a rare insight into this sort of situation. We will, so Hard stay Hard Count tuned. Podcast. Yeah. Worldwide exclusive <laughs> with David Yankee from Coming the offensive line. Incredible. Mm. We're going inside the Carolina camp. How many more uh, or other Australian NFL podcasts could promise you that? That is Outrageous. Throw it back to the Christmas party, I'd say not many. <laughs> if, if any. If any. <laughs> uh, brilliant. And, uh, you I know, forgot about that. It was a wild, wild dance circle. <laughs> we so good. You know what it lots. liked? A break dance circle. Just saying. Just saying. Total neck was enough of a risk okay. for me well, on that you're night. You're giving squat thrusts out or squat drops at the drop of a hat on your Instagram account. Surely if anyone's yeah. going to be breakdance Rap fighting, it's going to be you. Yeah. Squat drops. What is, who is this guy? I'm scared about what a squat, squat thrust is. Squat? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll show you. Old man stacky, not knowing what the kids do. Uh, um, no, but that was, Hula yes. hoops and their disco radio. Stay tuned for that uh, lovely interview with Yankee coming up uh, later in the show. But we also have one more thing to touch on within that Seattle-Carolina game. Earl Thomas, the safety. Uh, all pro safety, free safety, um, breaking his leg. And yeah. you know who was to blame? His old mate, Cam Chancellor. He didn't feel too great about it. Man, you know, I felt bad just yeah, because man, yeah. I was a part of it, you know, yeah. running into him. But it was football, and you know, when accidents happened, you know, it's hard to see your brother around like that, somebody you care about here, somebody you care to leave with, somebody look like look at your brother. So he's feeling a bit guilty because... You know, Thomas now has a uh, big old shin bone break. Yeah, look, broken. the season. Season done. It's a six-month recovery. He should be back healthy. There's no mm. issue with him not being able to return to full explosion or range mm. of motion or anything. But what really got people um, scared going forward is that at halftime, he tweets out, or during the game, he tweets out that, you know, thanks for all the prayers. You know, many things going through your mind, including retirement. And everyone's like, what? This Wait, is an all-pro safety. Yeah. Free safeties are very hard to find. He mm-hmm. is the best 
you know, he's been at the top tier, the, the number one rank at his position for most of his career, a truly fantastic uh, leader of the Legion of Boom. This is huge if he's possibly thinking about that. And then looking at the playoff equation, that secondary in this defense in large part runs and is able to do what they do because of Earl Thomas. He's so rangy and speedy at the back end, great instincts, that he allows Richard Sherman to play a certain way and corners opposite him, which has been kind of a revolving door over the years. I think huge amount of pressure jumps on Richard Sherman now. Seahawks are probably going to be in the playoffs, but there's no doubt about uh, just their caliber and their quality and their pedigree, but this might be the biggest prove-it stretch uh, for Sherman in his professional career, that he can do it without the help of Thomas over the top. Just on that tweet, do you ever go on social media after a big night the mm. next morning and go, oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> I was tweeting that. that like, <laughs> yeah. like, this guy is emotional and he's probably doped up on some kind of painkiller for he's broken his shin. Yep. Uh, like, surely it we like can't a bit of honesty, but take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a Melden Yansky Twitter hey. post, you know. <laughs> yeah, grain of salt, hey. or maybe a whole bowl. <laughs> a whole bowl. Um, I will say, <laughs> what uh, type of salt? Like that nice pink, pink ocean rock, one? Yeah, yeah. hipster salt. <laughs> hipster salt. <laughs> Correct. Himalayan, Himalayan pink rock salt. salt. There is no hips more hipster salt than the Himalayan rock salt, uh, and you know she's got a cupboard full of that stuff. I honestly don't. I'm freshly cracked salt though. Um, <laughs> So, from salt to salty, and i got to imagine the New York Giants are feeling pretty salty right now after laying a oh, bit of an egg. This was terrible. <laughs> this is, we were so due for this from the Giants. They have been overachieving for yes. about six straight games. All the numbers said they weren't a real eight-win team, Stacky, and they weren't. No. Completely outclassed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. 24-14, this game was not that close. It was a two-score game for most of it. Mm. Uh, Eli Manning was terrible. Some really mindless interceptions. From Eli Manning? No. no. Throwing across his body. <laughs> no. Throwing across his body, not spying the linebacker, Lawrence Timmons buzzing underneath. Just... I mean, what, what is there more to say about this game? Let's look at it from the Steelers' perspective. A Let's. 24-14 win. What can they take away from this as they look towards... You know, a potential Super Bowl ceiling of a season, given the talent that they have. You know, there's been plenty of injuries to that and, and issues with that. Uh, his receiving core, Martavis Bryant, never made the field this year with his indiscretions mm. uh, in the weed department. Uh, and then we had Sammy Coates has broken two fingers and can't play wide receiver anymore. They get uh, Ladarius Green, who's been this ghostly potential, along with the Chargers, finally breaking out at tight end, 110 yards and a score. He uh, shook off Giants, very impressive Giants safety, Landon Collins, to get free into the end zone. So that's huge for them. If they're walking around with the trio of Bell, Brown, Roethlisberger, and now they're adding guys like Ladarius Green, the Ladarius one, uh, and, uh, and Eli Rogers looking good as well. This is becoming an offense that can really shake things up from a lower rank spot in the playoffs. The only thing they don't have, I guess, is a decent uh, or a good as good a quality backup as D'Angelo at uh, running back. We used to have the one-two punch of Le- Le'Veon and, and D'Angelo. I suppose they just go with Bell now and hope he stays healthy and keeps firing. But you know he will. Yeah, he, look, he should. Bell by the bucket load is hardly a recipe for, for failure. Yeah, now we move on to a... A spanking new segment uh, inspired by a few matchups this week between teams that maybe are still in the hunts for the playoffs. And it's also a little bit inspired by Marlon Brando from On the Waterfront. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum. Oh, what a great line. Good flick, and, wasn't it? Yeah, we're asking contender or bum out of these matchups. Lawrence. Yes. Detroit beating New Orleans 28-13. Who's the contender? Who's the bum? Well, look, for once, Detroit didn't go down to the wire, didn't trail in the fourth quarter. This was a, a 
kind of more dominant performance than we've seen. Their defense, all of a sudden, they're not great at defending the pass. They're not great at defending the run, but their scoring has been quite good, keeping it in that sub-20-point level for many games. And if they can do that with the offense they have, especially with Golden Tate, the Golden Age is here, just busting out in a big spot. These guys are the contender. And New Orleans, uh, they're fun to believe in. They're a fun offense. They're varied. But for me, I think they're the bum. I, I think they've dug themselves into a hole now, uh, especially with teams like Atlanta and another one later rising. I could not believe how they shut down Drew Brees. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is a machine, especially at home. He didn't throw a single touchdown, and that made Detroit the first team in 60 Saints home games to stop him from completing a touchdown yeah. pass. That is huge. He is a quality quarterback, and the fact that he uh, wasn't able to even just get points on the board, like that's huge, I think. that That's a real telltale sign. And if, they, if Detroit can figure him out, you guarantee other teams can figure him out from here. Is it irrational for me to say they're both Bumps? Wow. <laughs> the, no, sure. The NFC it. North leading. Pat Stack putting his stamp on it. I don't like New Orleans. I've mm-hmm. always thought they were a bit flaky on uh, defense. And I think Detroit are the same. They're kind of exciting and fun to watch. But I feel like they are rickety in defense. That's yeah. the interesting thing about this year, I feel. There's a lot of teams that somehow, ma- like your Giants, right? They're a great example. Somehow managed to stack wins despite yeah. being yeah. rubbish. Uh, Detroit are just Oakland. grinding through. And, like, Oakland yeah, have got all these exactly. wins and they're in the bottom four for defense. Like It's just it yeah. doesn't make any sense it's at all. It's been a really strange season in that sense. But, uh, I mean, look, if Detroit are getting it done. That's the whole thing. Grind out a win any way you can. They're going to yeah. continue getting it done next week because the Bears are at Detroit next Ooh, week. So yeah. that's a so win. Gonna, the Bears, win. of course, who uh, surprised me won the poo bowl that was uh, the San frozen Fran. turd bowl the way that weather was going how about Tampa Bay beating San Diego 28-21 who's the bum who's the contender sadly I think San Diego as much as I went you on this show on for 13 I guaranteed they were going to the playoffs so they were sitting pretty they were biff they were in like the you know the, the ritzy the ritzy suite in the hotel stacking <laughs> well, chips whatnot, and now they're out on the street um, they're destitute what are your finer analogies there no? they're destitute with nowhere to I'm go I'm not sure they've ever had a winning record this season and so it's pretty remarkable that they made their way to the uh, penthouse but yeah. look San Diego have they just can't close these games out. They find ways to lose. And, and it's fallen on Philip Rivers. Uh, he's so much fun to watch, but he pushed Phillip. it too oh, hard Phillip. in the fourth quarter a couple times for some passes. He underthrew a ball here that sealed, sealed uh, a loss to Tampa Bay. And, yeah, I think San Diego were the bums. Is that it? They're no more playing in San Diego. They're likely to go to L.A. They're yeah. likely to go to L.A. So that may have been the game that finally saw... Uh, you know, San Diego's fi- the, the final season for the Chargers competitively end. In Australian terminology, don't you call that weak as piss if you're playing for your franchise's, <laughs> you know, future and the home of the joint and you can't get it done? Yeah, I, nah. true, but man, San Diego have taken more injuries than most teams do in three seasons this year. I've got to so. say, they've done a lot this season that weren't probably most expected of them, and they've had some breakout stars in that too. Melvin Gorn's put together a spectacular Joey year. Bosa's Joey Bosa, great you fun. cannot Denzel talk Perryman, up him more. Jatavis Brown. So, like, maybe they don't make the playoffs, maybe they are a bum right now, but I think there's definitely plenty of positives going so, through, and you wonder what, what they can take if through I'm, to their next uh, home. If I'm picking between L.A., LA Rams and the LA Chargers, and I'm looking at the the roster. Hello, Chargers. Hello. Right. Yes. But Um, Tampa Bay, are they they contenders? Well, I thought that they were bums coming into this because I thought that the Saints would be tough to play because they've got the. So their run home is or was Chargers, Mm. who I thought they would get rolled by. They've now won. Um, and they've got the Saints, Cowboys. They're going to lose the Cowboys. Saints again. Mm. And then Panthers, who Panthers previously looked like a tough game. Now they're going to look like they're probably not going to be in contention for playoffs. All of a sudden, that becomes an extremely winnable game. They're looking like probably picking up three of those four. Um, 
I don't know. New Orleans are tricky because you never know what the hell's going to happen with them. Get but, to 10 wins, you're probably getting out of that division. Yeah. So, um, maybe contenders. The big, no, no, they're bums. They're not going to actually no? do anything so once wait, they get into the playoffs. Went, you, you, literally in half a second, you went from there, contend- no, they're bums. You're well, I just realised they're going to so, get out of their division, but that's going to be the end of it. So, they're bums in disguise, is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. If they make it out of the uh, regular season, it's, it's for one Prada. week and one week alone. I it's will not say, real Louis Vuitton. The one thing that's coming alive for Tampa Bay and, and uh, bringing out memories of Simeon Rice and Warren Sapp is that uh, they're getting pass rush going with guys like Gerald McCoy and Noah Spence, the rookie out of uh, oh, well, out of Eastern Kentucky yeah. via Ohio yep. State. So you get pass rush going this time of year. You hit the quarterback. That's good. Mel, where to next? Well, we're going to Baltimore where they thrashed Miami thirty-eight oh. to six. And uh, looking at, I'm looking at you, Joe Flacco. Whoa, Nelly! Out of nowhere, turning up the heat from his normally lukewarm, barely alive state, throwing 381 yards, four touchdowns. Where did that come from? Joe Flaccid no more. Uh, <laughs> look, the weapons have always been there in Baltimore. They, When their offensive line is healthy, they can protect. They refuse to run the ball, but that's just, you know, that <laughs> seems to be the way it is with the Ravens. But yeah, finally... They hate running the ball, yeah, don't they? Even when up by 20 points, they hate running the ball. But what you did see out of nowhere, like you said, uh, Joe Flacco, all mm. of a sudden accurate timing, touch, placement. If, you, if you're going to do that and you've got guys like Steve Smith, the ageless one, Mike Wallace, who still has wheels, and Brashad Perryman, and Dennis Pitter. Dennis Pitter out nowhere, two touchdowns. What the hell? St- whose steel hip has <laughs> still, still got enough WD-40 on it, apparently. Uh, you're going to make some noise. And then with that, they've got arguably you know a top five defense. Yeah, no, they're, the, they're definitely the contender out of this. Miami just... We got some angry Twitter followers. So Miami- oh, the Dolphins fans don't like us, do they? Probably because no. I've been saying they're imposters for the last six well, weeks. They have a love-hate relationship with us. They're listening, which means we, there's a bit of love. Yep. But they certainly hate how little we talk about Miami. We're going to talk about you here. Six-game winning streak. Done. Bum. Stacky. Good night. They are finished. They were always imposters. They were chalking up wins against mediocre teams. They've come up <laughs> against a team that's on its way up in Ooh. the Baltimore Ravens. This has been coming, this performance from Baltimore, for some time. And it is the hapless Dolphins being massacred like it is uh, Blackfish all over again. Wow. <laughs> it's a real Ryan Tannehill performance, too. So it's an 115 yards yeah. and an interception. So sweaty bums on South Beach, according to the entire podcast room. Mm. And then one that Ravens you know, Patriots next if, week. Ooh. We're going to yeah, start yeah, hearing yeah, the yeah. word. Oh, we're going to start hearing the word dark horse over the next dark month horse, in a big, horse, big way. Horse. We need a drop for this, other than Mel just whispering into um, into mic number two. <laughs> dark horse. <laughs> and so dark. is that going to be? Is that oh, going to be no. Green Bay? Are they a contender? Is Aaron Rodgers back? <laughs> They get past they are not. Houston in a snowy, snowy affair. Randall Cobb, Snow Angel, I believe. Um, a few yep. other players maybe getting involved. Yep. Jordy Nelson looks back. Mm. But they're stacking wins, uh, and and Green Bay finally look like there's some offensive cohesion. Mm. Um, of course, their defense finally revived DeAndre Hopkins for all his fantasy owners that have been crying mm. into their pillows all season. This is a story about the ineptitude of Houston, not the success of Green Bay. Okay. Despite the fact, that, Pat. yeah, Brock one. Osweiler... Mm. Chalking up 200 yards and two TDs. Pretty good for the absolutely miserable year he's been having, and yet they still lose. That says to me, that is an indictment on them, not a uh, big tick for and Green just Bay. despite the, uh, the weather, the inclement weather, um, you've got to say Green Bay, they're certainly used to it at Lambeau Field. I don't think that it's anything they haven't uh, trained in many, many Are you time. telling me Houston in their dome in Texas do not have much experience in the snow? <laughs> Confirmed. Okay. In the words of the uh, Simpsons, it's great weather under the dome. <laughs> so, two bums? Two, two, two bums. bums. Yeah. No belief. Yeah. Yep. 
Only bums. Sun's out, bums okay. out. Couple of hobos at Central Station drinking cask wine. Couple of bums. Sharing a dairy. Well, I can't think of a better <laughs> better note to get from from that into first down under our yes. Australian segment. <laughs> really guy- excited. We should ask David Yankee if he knows what a dairy is. Yeah, good show. There's yeah. a quiz lined up. We'll see if it turns up on the lineup. Mm. So. Yep. First down under, couple of Aussies. Yeah, couple of Aussies facing each other, Mel. Facing face off, punt off. Punt off. Punt off, face off. Ooh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh's Jordan Berry uh, went up against fellow Aussie Brad Wing at the in the Giants um, Pittsburgh game. Uh, the former, of course, getting the win on the night. But Berry had four punts, two inside twenty. Not a great um, yard average, 37 there. Um, wing, probably a bit better, 44.3 yard average. He's had a really solid year. Really, really good. I like yeah. what I see from to him. To be fair. Poor Brad Wing didn't get to pad his stats as much as you'd expect in a poor offensive showing because Eli didn't actually let him get to fourth down. He just kept turning the ball over. So <laughs> you've got a feel for Brad Wing there. It's just rude of Eli, wasn't Stitching. it? Mm. Um, Broncos defensive end uh, Adam Gotts has two tackles. I believe one of them was a solo tackle too. So that's pretty uh, exciting for him. Hopefully uh, on the way up and uh, getting his sort of grasp on the whole moving up from college to NFL. And David Yankee, 14th Aussie to play in the NFL following his debut last week against Oakland. He played again this week, um, time this time against the Seahawks, um, propping up that battered offensive line. Yeah, and David Yankee, someone that has joined us before, Mel, a yes. friend of the show. We got him to try Vegemite chocolate last time he was in here in our studios in Sydney. And via the amazing telecommunication advent of the telephone. Yes, uh, the telecommunication <laughs> advent of the telephone. David Yankee is going to renew his... We're going to have a renaissance with yes. the Hardcamp podcast right now. Yes, I am so pleased to introduce David Yankee, joining us all the way from Carolina via the phone. Hello, Dave. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing great. Um, bad luck on the loss uh, to Seattle recently. Um, that was that was a tough one, but it's an exciting time for you. Of course, uh, becoming the 14th Australian to play in the NFL after last week. Um, tell us, what was that like after several years, you know, waiting for your moment? You finally got out there. Absolutely. It's, uh, it was really tough being patient for uh, for a couple of years here, um, trying, to, trying to figure out, you know, when I'd get my opportunity, if I'd get my opportunity. And I uh, was just really lucky. A lot of hard work and, and, and a couple of years uh, finally paid off and I was able to get out there on the field and, and help my team uh, play these past couple of weeks. Looking at your journey, you know, started with Minnesota and obviously didn't find the foothold there that you wanted. And, and what's been the biggest change of locker room and, and just the club culture between the Panthers and the Vikings in your time in Carolina so far? Uh, so um, I've absolutely loved my time in Carolina. My teammates are great. Uh, I had a great, great bunch of teammates with the Vikings as well, though. Um, a lot of good dudes, and and unfortunately, it just uh, didn't really quite pan out there as far as the, the O line depth and, and and getting a chance to play. And uh, so that was that was a big thing that played a role in my decision to to move on to Carolina uh, this past off season and. Uh, Obviously, started the season on practice squad and uh, and was lucky enough to get pulled up. Unfortunately, we had uh, some injuries, but uh, was able to take advantage of that and and get a chance to to get out there and play. How do you think you've handled the jump, Dave? Like from the practice squad, didn't immediately make it on the fifty three. Now you've got your shot. What was that transition like from practice squad to game day? Oh man, it's uh, it's hectic. You know, you don't. Uh, <laughs> You don't get a whole lot of notice beforehand. Sometimes, you know, it's a couple of days. Sometimes there are some guys that have even gotten notice, you know, the day of or the or the day before. Uh, luckily, I, I found out probably 
two days beforehand, um, and then every week we're expected to prepare as if we're the starter, um, and and we're getting ready to play. So was was ready to go and ready to play in the game, and just excited to get my opportunity. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Dave, I'm just looking for you to give us an insight into what it's like in a massive sporting organisation like the Carolina Panthers. So in this podcast, we're a bit of a team, but Laurie and Mel, off air, like they won't even talk to me. They'll, <laughs> they'll give me so little. You know, what's it like when you walk past Cam Newton in the locker room? Is that the, or, you know, an equivalent big name? Is it a sort of collegial atmosphere? Can you give us an insight? Absolutely. I mean, these are the guys you, you go to work with every day, you're at practice with every day, you're meetings. Um, and, and so there, there's a lot of camaraderie in the locker room. Uh, the, this locker room, I think, is really tight as well. Uh, a lot of uh, good character, high character guys. We we have a lot of fun, even even when things that when things that might be not going our way, as uh, as we've had to deal with this season a little bit. Um, and and guys who actually care about each other. So, you know, it's uh, very friendly, very uh, but very very positive, upbeat kind of place to be, uh, which makes it a lot of fun. You mentioned that, uh, you know, the depth chart issues, you know, didn't provide you the opportunity you wanted in Minnesota. I'd say that, you know, with the injuries they've felt this season, they certainly could have used your help. But Carolina haven't been immune to that either. There's certainly been some banged up players there. And we know uh, Michael Law is struggling with injuries that saw his season cut short and ultimately caused a bit of a reshuffle that saw you get your opportunity. What do you bring to the equation, though? What was it that you were doing in practice? And was it pancaking guys on the regular (laughs) that made you a necessity to call up to the 53 and get this? This man involved. Uh, so definitely not pancaking guys in practice. <laughs> once, once, once we're in season, uh, we we and even in training camp, we don't we don't want guys on the ground just because uh, NFL rosters are so thin uh, in the first place that you don't want to risk injury in practice by guys going to the ground too much. It, kind of like uh, what I imagine rugby training would be like. You know, they're not not quite full speed uh, just because of how how physical and brutal the game can be. But I think it's uh, everything I did in, in the preseason and in, and in training camp. Uh, even when they when they released me the first time and, and put me on practice squad initially, they told me how just uh, that I'd done a really good job in the preseason. They they thought that there was a chance that I would play this year and and just to be ready and all that stuff. So I knew that the, the foundation had been laid, and it was just a matter of getting an opportunity. And so I was really excited. Uh, like I said, to get out there, and, and I think uh, a lot of that work had already been done beforehand. The futures contract that you signed with Carolina was January, I believe, um, obviously before the Panthers were in the Super Bowl, but you didn't join them officially until March, but you've still sort of been around. Um, like, since you've come in, have you seen something change within the team that gives you know some sort of insight into why Carolina has struggled to stack those wins like they did last season? Um, I, well, I don't think I'd be the best to ask on that, just uh, because I wasn't here for the the whole season last year, you know, um, coming in in just in OTAs and all that afterwards. But uh, but I, I will tell you that it's it's extremely hard to win in the NFL. Um, I want to say we've had we've had four or five games come down to not just one possession, but you know, literally the last play. We had the Denver game, uh, first game of the season. We 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 lost on on a couple of. Uh, last-minute field goals and, you know, plays like uh, the Kansas City game, uh, Tampa Bay. The list goes on and on, and those are games that if you flip, suddenly it looks like you're having an amazing season. Um, and, and so it's, it's pretty incredible how how the NFL, 
season as a whole come can for any team, any organization, it can come down to, you know, five, ten plays that define the whole season. Dave, you touched on just how hard it is to win in the NFL. I'm sure it's not made any easier when you don't have your starting quarterback, similar to the situation we saw against Seattle. Can you just give us an idea of what went down there with Cam Newton? Because I guess the reports we're seeing in Australia is for him not wearing a, a tie pregame, and it just must be incredibly frustrating for the entire entire uh, playing group. Tell us you have some ties extra extra ties packed up, Dave. Pack him a tie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Uh... I mean, you know, anytime you you have to deal with stuff like that, it's uh, it's it's tough, but uh, it's it's something. You know, we have our we have, everyone has our team rules for a reason, and uh, and and that's something that we're obviously all expected to uh, to abide by. And I think Cam does a great job of uh, leading this team, and unfortunately, it was a uh, it, it was a mistake, and we all have to deal with the consequences of that. Now, earlier this season, we spoke to Adam Gotsis, who you know he's got no shortage of fashion. Easters or Easto's in the locker room over there in Denver, and we asked whether any of that had rubbed off on him. I'm going to turn to a fellow men of the trenches like yourself in a room with guys like Cam Newton. Any of the uh, flamboyant fashion rubbed off on your style yet? Yeah, no, I, I, I keep it pretty pretty straight laced uh, for me personally. I'm not a not a huge uh, yeah. Fa- is, it, is it fashionisto? Is that what you were saying? <laughs> <laughs> Now, when you joined us last time back on home soil, uh, we ran you through a bit of a barrage of tests about just how Aussie you felt you were considering you left at such a young age. Well, some, some people reckon that Dave's not Australian, don't they? They, they sort of question your Australianism, Dave, and, and we want to sort of, you know, set the record straight. And I think Mel and Laurie would appreciate that this podcast, we want to claim anyone who's even remotely Australian. <laughs> if you've even sort of seen Croc Dundee, even the second one, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to try and take you. So I just wanted to take you through a few terms and just see if you could tell us what you think that they might mean, Dave. Um, so I'll just get going. Uh, what do you think it means uh, if if I called someone a Sheila? Uh, a Sheila would be a, a girl. One from one. Ding. What if I said, "Hey, Dave, <laughs> you're being a bit of a drongo." Um, kind of a bit of a jerk. Yep. Yeah. Two from ding, two. Ding. But and then I said, "Hey, you know, Laurie, don't worry about him. He's a galah." Um, maybe kind of like a a dope. Yes. Yes. Yep, the Stanford education three is coming through three. very strong right now. Polished. <laughs> and uh, if, if I said, you know, at Stanford, you're not going to see too many bogans there. What would I maybe be referring to? Uh, kind of uh, maybe similar to uh, like a redneck. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tick, yeah. tick, tick. Dave, tick. I've really enjoyed this chimwag. I was thinking that you and I could get a couple of frothies from the esky and keep it going. What would I be maybe saying there? Uh, let's go get a drink uh, from the from the cooler and have a couple beers. Yeah, yeah. done, David. <laughs> Nailed it, Yankee by name, Australian by <laughs> name. Absolutely, it's hundred percent proof there. You cannot deny that. That is concrete. Just wondering if I can send a, a specially made hard count podcast tie. Maybe you could hand, <laughs> hand it over to Cam Newton for future for future uh, fixtures. Dave, it might be handy just to help him out. We just want to, you know, do our bit for the Carolina Panthers football program. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. If you guys, uh, if you guys get it up here, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely pass it along. This is great. <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to get we're, it made, we're and uh, it. we're, we're going to be looking it. forward to some Instagram posts from yourself. Handing it over to him, Dave. All right. Look, you're going to be heading back to Australia anytime soon, Dave. Uh, I actually will. Uh, I've, I've got a family member getting uh, getting married this off season, so I'm excited to get down. Uh, down there in uh, February, and it'd be good to get a catch a little bit at the end of the summer. Oh, fantastic. Perfect. We'll have to fire up mic number four. Absolutely. Definitely. Oh, thanks so much for joining us, Dave, and uh, hey, best of luck for the reigning four games of the season. Awesome. Thank you for, uh, thank you for having me, guys.
I really love that he uh, nailed your Aussie quiz there, Pat. Yeah, he crushed it. <laughs> I was, I was, I didn't know whether to be pleased and proud or a little bit disappointed that he was so clean. Oh, we forgot to ask about Durries as well. Ah, we meant to ask about Durries. Dur- a, a clean Stanford Durry. product like that? No, no, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not spending any time around Durries. No, sir. But you know who is <laughs> Postman Pat. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that was a side at the uh, Christmas party. I, think I was, it was waiting just... for you to do that that segue, and I was just like, well, it won't make sense, but let's do it anyway. Best segues <laughs> are four segues. Fair enough. Postman Pat. Yes. Oh, Time to open the mailbag. Well, let's do it. It's less of a question than a statement, but I guess we can just put discuss at the end of it, like, you know, those uh, year yeah, 12 well. essays you got. Yes. Yeah. It's from our good friend Bill Ormond, long-time listener. The Rams management are cooked. Teflon Lesneed and Jeff Fisher have to get the flick. I love Le Sneed. French. (laughs) Classy, you know. The news coming out this week uh, that paired up (laughs) with with the Rams getting absolutely pasted by the New England Patriots as your man Tom Brady got his 201st win. Yeah, I'm celebrating with the socks, the Brady socks today. I've got uh, the... The best purchase I got. Podcast listeners, this is one time you'll be very thankful that we are this for now. It's just another a audio only platform. Uh, another indicator that young Jacob needs to adjust. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even touch on Gronk in this podcast. Well, this is done for the year. That's the end. As of are the Patriots. Kind of. Oh wow. Ooh, do we want to no get Gronk, into this? No Patriots, surely. You think? I yeah. love. I okay. love where we've gone to here. It's a dark place. It's Just got Mel forget, scared. Anyway, we'll, we'll posture's dropped. So Jeff Fisher, it, it was announced oh that in the off-season, inked a contract extension. Two more years. Well, including this. Yeah. So that comes out this week, uh, a week where he comes up against Bill Belichick, who's had the same amount of seasons mm-hmm. uh, coaching. Far superior record. Yes. Surprise, surprise. Got to the playoffs a couple times there, whereas uh, old mate right. Jeff has not. Jeff, not. Strugg- Jeff Fisher struggling so badly that trying to challenge a play, he couldn't actually find but his challenge like, yeah, flag. Yeah, he's like digging in his pocket. Where is it? So, you know when you're at the bar and you order the, the beers, but you're a bit hammered and you're like, <laughs> wait, 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 I got it. I got okay. it. I got wait, wait. Oh, that's my bus ticket. Oh, no, no, hang I, on. Oh, yeah, that's my opal. <laughs> More flashbacks yeah. to the Christmas party? Uh, maybe. Yeah, and then, um, and then Mel realised it was a free <laughs> bar. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, those beers are free, Melanie. So, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> another, I think it's eight seasons in a row now without a winning record. Uh, surely it is time. Yeah. Can't throw a challenge flag. Can't dodge a ball. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> how it goes. Yeah, surely it's time to go. I think Bill's on the money here. He seems angry about it. Um, but... Jeff Fisher to go. Les Snead has pulled off some nice moves in the past in terms of acquiring picks. They picked Aaron Donald, which was great. Dodged a, dodged some uh, landmines that were in that draft. But there's such a team that is so unexciting. You just can't be okay with not posting a winning season for another year. Like there's there's a there's a threshold where the team's got to go. You're okay. in a new city. Yeah. Pressure. Yeah. You new got... stadium. And you know what? I think that might have unfortunately. I think that might have bought him a little more time. Maybe Definitely. because. Yeah. He then has look. You asked me to remove, like, move the whole team and relocate hard, to right? to another place. Yeah, of course it's going to be hard, but you yeah. know he gets a bit of a free pass to sort of say, yeah, but this happened. Um, whereas if he if that hadn't happened, I think he'd totally be on the chopping block today. On the upside, they're not going to go seven and nine as he requested. <laughs> they're not going to get there. They're too poor to even reach that record. And many would claim that his performance in. Uh, hard knocks should have been enough to get him the chop uh, before the season even got underway. But poor Rams still stuck with them. Hopefully, change is coming soon. Thank you, Bill, for the question. Yeah, we've ordered. I have just ordered a tie as well for um, 
David Brilliant. Yankee to hand on oh, to. We'll be so hoping to see that at the next Cam Newton press conference. Hopefully after a win. Yeah. So, uh, so be good you, to see if that. you want to see what this tie looks like, you're going to need to follow us at hard count. Mofos. Yeah, and also I think we might tweet out my socks because it's obviously oh, really annoyed not. these guys. We're trying to get followers, not lose them. <laughs> uh, and um, I don't think they're so bad. I think they're quite nice. Yeah, and the way this is going, I might tweet myself leaving the building <laughs> at Laurie Horesh. Wait, uh, but what about our predictions? Yeah, we'll do some predictions. We'll do some predictions? Yeah. Better do some predictions because, look, week 14 is going to be a belter. Lawrence, you're leaving that all in, please. Because oh, that really dear. just summed up Mel's DJ skills. Don't get me jaded. This podcast is still hung over from last week. <laughs> so, okay, predictions. predictions. Uh, I predict that Cam Newton is going to burn his hard count tie after the match in a statement of defiance <laughs> after the Panthers take down the Chargers. Wow. A la sort of the mm. 60s bra burning sort of situations we saw go down in the United States. Good to know hard count will be a part of history. Mel, do you have a mm. prediction for us? I do. Um, I think that uh, Tom Brady is an avid listener of hard count. He's heard you guys um, rubbish my socks and he said, you know what? He's I'm going to show them I'm going to notch up win number 202 against the Ravens this week. He actually doesn't. In Foxborough. Doesn't listen to the podcast because he's too busy deflating footballs. Wow. Well, that I think that takes us no, right about sense, but anyway. right about where we are. And my nice try, Pat. My prediction is starting with uh, Thursday night football on Friday morning. It's Raiders at Chiefs, an absolute belter. Mm. A Chiefs victory over the Raiders, featuring two touchdowns from Travis Kelsey, sends Patrick Stack into a euphoric run that sees him <laughs> MIA for the next seven weeks. And if Oakland win, I guess, onto the Oakland Raiders now? Yeah, jump track. Ah, What's going screw on? Screw Oakland. I've been off them all season. I can't okay. have any sort of credibility if I've been bagging them for the last 13 How weeks. How credible is your relationship with the Chiefs now? Are you feeling locked in? Yeah, How I'm credible is your relationship yeah. with Atlanta? Is there a three-month oh, like trip Atlanta. to Europe coming <laughs> in the off-season? With the Chiefs? Yes. I wouldn't rule it out. Just quickly before we go this week, I just want to get a sort of a feel for where we're at here financially. We're going to want this tie in a hurry, aren't we? Yes. So Express Tracking is going to take us $30 to get it in here in two to three days. We're throwing the extra money at this, I'm aren't in. we? Yeah. I'm in. I'll okay. help. Excellent. I'll pitch in. Done. Um, <laughs> so just wrapping up, uh, in case you're still listening, remarkably, uh, you can catch me at Patrick Stack Fox, <laughs> at Mildin Yashki Fox, at Lawrence Horish Fox. Definitely not my Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> I don't uh, think he's coming back next and week. No. at Hard Count. He's out. It's been good. Mm. It's been real good. I will see you at another time.